Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy life, love, and liberty. What is today? Today is Thursday. That's right. This is my birthday week. (laughs) Today is February 9th. Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I am 25 years old. Backwards. And darn happy and grateful to still be here. With any level of sense of humor, love, hope, joy, peace... The Righteousness of Christ. Wow, speaking of, had an amazing conversation in a space at about 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's what happens when I go to bed too early. I had a very long drive yesterday, came home and crashed on the couch. You guys know how it is. Woke up with a little puddle of drool and like, wow, where am I? Who am I? What's going on? And uh, made my way into my bed and then got a full like... Eight hours of sleep. You know, I was out uh, from actually before 8.30, I think. And um, roll over, right? You know how we do. Roll over and I'm like, what's going on on Twitter? Because I've been out of the game for, I don't know, almost seven days now. I mean, I've tweeted here and there, but I, other than just watching everyone else implode, I haven't really engaged in the balloon. You know, I was in Virginia as, uh, as all of this is happening and it's, you know, it's South Carolina, we're going to shoot it down. And, and I'm watching, you know, everyone's responses. And I have friends who are, you know, telling me that, you know, what they believe is really going on. And so I'm just watching kind of the hysteria <laughs> unfold on Twitter. And I just took my piece. And I want to talk a little bit about that today, but I did. I just took my piece because I'm like, well, so here's the deal. I do not have a heat seeking missile at my disposal. I am not in a position of authority to uh, shout at the wind and actually make things happen with regard to, uh, you know, dealing with this contraption, one of many allegedly uh, that have been floating across the United States of America. So what are my choices? Right to jump in the 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 that the rhetoric stew, the ignorant stew, uh, which you'll notice no one really knew what was going on. It was all pontification, all of it was just conjecture. It was you know people being pissed as usual, a lot of hatred, accusation. No one knows. No one knows. It's all aimed at Biden. Then oh yeah, speaking of Biden, then we had the State of the Union. And that was on my birthday. So wasn't a snowball chance in two hells. I was sharing my birthday with Joe Biden. So I and what and who you all think is the president, apparently. But um no, I, I came to my own conclusions a few years ago about who and what is running this country. And as you know, if you've listened to me for any length of time from a spiritual perspective as well as an administrative perspective, I believe we are in fact captive. And there are many levels and and many renditions and iterations, if you will, of captivity. From an administrative standpoint, if you go back and look at a scriptural standpoint, you can go back and read Judges and understand that even in captivity, life went on. It wasn't a very fun life, but, you know, it was meant to be arduous because 
It was meant to turn the hearts of stone and the necks of the people that had become um, so stiff in following other gods, lowercase g gods, uh, directly into idolatry, the murdering of their own children, uh, molesting their own children, maligning God's creation, uh, Yahweh's creation, to the extent that he was like, okay, enough. I'm going to give you over to these freaks that you keep aligning with because I've told you not to, and I told you what to do to, uh, to, to cordon off your existence in your mind, in your heart, in your proximity, in your land, with your beliefs, your ideas, your politics, your everyday world, but you didn't want to do that. So you left some things in place because you leaned on your own understanding as opposed to mine. So for that reason, and because I love you, I'm going to give you over to the things that you desire more than me. Right, And so when that happens, you go into captivity. Now, I dare one of you to contact me and tell me that you can prove that I'm wrong, that we are not currently in, in, in occupation and in, in captivity as a nation. If you can think of another nation, a civilization that has ever survived murdering and maiming its own children, you know, bring it. But you know you can't. So I digress. So, so... I decided, I made a decision that I was going to enjoy what was right in front of me. And I was going to pray and do what I know to do in the spirit. And I was going to enjoy and be grateful with great gratitude for the people in my life, the love in my life, friendships, productivity, work, purpose, health, family, friends, even my enemies, my frenemies, you know, just grateful for all of it. Also, just kind of looking back, you know how birthdays are. It's almost like, you know, a New Year's Eve or day. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I'm constantly taking inventory of my life and things around me and what I'm engaged with and with whom and why and all of that. And so as I'm, you know, taking inventory, I'm like, Joe Biden is not going to be part of my existence forever because he's going to go on and be in whatever level of glory or hell he'll be in. I have no idea. Um, and neither do you, so don't even try. But I, I realize his fruit sucks, right? We can look at his fruit tree and be like, man, that thing is like pff, riddled with the carcasses of all kinds of worms and parasites and just a mess, you know. But I don't know what he might decide on his deathbed. Neither do you. So I always leave room for his creator, and for him to ultimately become like the thief on the cross, which I'll get to in just a minute with regard to AI, pretty fascinating stuff. Matter of fact, I'm going to look that up while we are still chatting uh, because this came out of my uh, my 3 a.m. Twitter space uh, that was really quite fascinating um, in, a, in a space I've, I've never uh, attended. And to be quite honest with you, I've not been in any of your spaces lately because I'm bored to tears with spaces and everyone thinking that they have something really important to say when really it's just a different channel. It is like the worst form of talk radio in the history of mankind. That's what Spaces has become for me personally as someone who is a professional talk radio host. It is like turning the channel and hearing the same voice on every single channel. It is like hell day. It is worse than Groundhog Day for me. 
Because although you may hear a different voice on the other end of your phone or whatever operating system you happen to be using, um, every person in every space, in every room, in every panel effectively thinks they have all the answers. And what you realize is that no one has all the answers and very few people have a single answer. You know, upon which to create hope, reality, joy, uh, strategy, right? It's all extraordinarily partisan. It is it is linear. It is it is one dimensional. It is all of the things that bore me to death about life and about human nature. Whenever human nature has been pressed uh, and squeezed on the threshing floor by man. There's a different oil that emerges when you're being squeezed by your creator because the squeeze is for a different purpose, right? Especially in captivity. The squeeze is meant to, to squeeze out the toxins in the hopes of getting to a sweeter fruit, a, a sweeter juice, if you will. Uh, but some people, I think, are just hell, literally hell-bent on, you know, remaining in their own um, willful rebellion to any truth and to any reason. Any reason, like, have you ever tried to reason with people in spaces lately? Good luck with that. So here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll down here and see if I can't find it. Hold on. From just last night. This was great. Um, oh, I see my Thirst Life Now account has been restored. How about that? That was taken off of Twitter for, I don't know, the better half of a month now. Um, I haven't been able to use my Thirst Life uh, account. It was just, it had been disappeared it was gone, like many things in Twitter world. Also, could you guys just, you know, everyone just take a pill uh, with, with regard to all of the, the madness and the, the quips and whatnot going on on Twitter. Um, it's going to happen. You are, when, when, when Elon Musk tweeted that he's, he really purchased a crime scene, he wasn't kidding. Right. And so if you understood that although there's a lot of showmanship occurring at the United States Congress as of yesterday, um, it in with regard to basically, you know, the trials of, uh, of three individuals who are largely responsible for how we ended up where we are now. Although if you do, you know, take it back to the throne and understand how a nation goes into captivity and why, then you understand that these three were basically, you know, useful idiots as, as it pertains to the spiritual kingdom. Right. And they were actually used to carry out, um, the, uh, the entrapment really of the American people. All 300 plus million of us, not just Republicans, right? And they did so at the behest and, and with the top-down cover of the United States government, which should concern you more, right? Because there will never be an accounting of those guys. The FBI and others, all these dashboard operators and your social engineers, they will never be held accountable. I don't believe they will on this side of eternity until you put mechanisms in place where you have a parallel system up and running. And even in that, they will always have first right of refusal with the ability to be able to spy on you. And a lot of that on all of us. And a lot of that was put in place with the Patriot Act, as you know. So unless that is completely abolished, which good luck with that, because you have an entire system, an entire national matrix, an international matrix is now in place. 
that literally surveils every single move and breath you make and breath you take. Everything you think, feel, say, do, even thought about thinking or feeling or saying or doing or wishing or hoping or fantasizing or whatever, uh, whatever you think is hidden, surprise, it's not. So until that is remedied, if that could ever be remedied, I mean, you're talking about going back to an ice age. You're talking about going back pre, you know, technology, pre IBM. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, you know, that would take something of a biblical uh, proportion to uh, upend to be quite honest with you. So in the meantime, you know, what do you do, right? What do you, what do you do? Well, what helps is to be able to come together and um, I'm trying, oh, here it is. Oh, this is so good. Okay. It come together and reason. Even with people, you realize you're not walking alongside in the realm of faith. Who cares? Because some of these folks, if you listen carefully, especially cerebral people, they are open to communication in, in the more arrogant and in, in the more staunch and the more married to they are of their respective ideas, right? Their, their strongly held belief systems. You don't have to work hard. You don't even have to work at all of trying to undo their belief system. Just be strong in yours. And you can be strong in yours without being just an abysmal, you know, freak of nature and beating people up with it. People who beat others up with their faith usually have a very flimsy underpinning to their faith. And it, and what do I mean by that? You can have faith, but what is it built upon? Is it guilt? Is it, is it total fear and terroristic? Like I'm, I'm so afraid of God as a terrorist of my soul, as someone who could just utterly and wants to not could, cause we know he can, right? He can throw you into outer darkness, like eternally. That's horrible, right? That is terrifying. And it should be. But he's made a way for that not to occur, right? And so what are we going to focus on? This mean, distant, terroristic creator? Or are we going to focus on the fact that we have a father who made a way and and reached down to his creation to be like, hey, I love you and I got to have you. And this is how, right? And this is why. And, this, and I'm going to spend the rest of your breathing days attempting to knock on your door for you to say yes and amen to me, to who I am, to the plans I have for you, to my character, my goodness, even in spite of all of the evil that we see unfolding in the earth, you can still see me if you have the eyes to see and you can hear me if you have the ears to hear. If you show up in different format, on different formats and in different forums with people who have no understanding of that, they, they are married to every objection they have ever formulated and their very tired and weary souls, albeit very bright minds. Okay, these people are extremely well educated and versed in most things. uh, uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I just had sociology in my head, but it's not sociological. Uh, These guys are the poets of the world. These are philosophers. Thank you, Father. They they are so philosophical, they can philosophize themselves right out of the truth. You know who I'm referring to. So there are many of them. We all know them, right? But I'm... I love being around people who are philosophical in nature because I, I see so much of, of the creator and of, and of beauty and of question and torment. And I mean, that's part of this part of the human struggle is actually quite beautiful because, you know, as with butterflies, right, they're very ugly as they go in and they, this whole process is really actually quite violent. 
if you if you pay attention to the metamorphosis of a butterfly it's it's really not very pleasant it's not very attractive but what comes out the other side right you can still appreciate the process i personally can appreciate the process of my fellow human beings even if we don't agree right now so all that to say i'm in a space last evening and if you're not following this account i have no idea who this person is but um he was the host of this uh, Twitter space, and he goes by Ezra Pound, <laughs> Ezra Pound Caged. So it's at Ezra Pound Caged. Um, and we were talking about, I, I just happened to roll in there, like literally rolled over going, okay, who are these folks and what are they talking about? And I happened to see a few people I follow as usual. And I went into a few other spaces. And I'm like, oh, God, here we are. We've got all of the, you know. All the people who have no idea what they're talking about and they're angry and they're just anger begets anger. And I'm just, it's too late for all that crap. So let me go into some, you know, area where I know nothing about what they're discussing and let's see what happens. And so I go into Ezra Pound Caged um, in, in his uh, his space and super fascinating conversation unfolds regarding artificial intelligence, right? And in this whole new uh, format that has uh, has been put in place uh, with regard to AI. And in, in he's like plugging in, you know, information to see what this new German platform is going to spit out. And unbeknownst to me, this gentleman is not a theist. I'm not quite sure that he's an atheist, but and, and he's not an agnostic. But he is a self-professed, which we didn't get to until much later in the conversation. Not that it would have mattered to me. I would have engaged at the level I did. But um, because I wasn't there to, like, evangelize and proselytize the room, I was there to learn and listen and contribute whatever I could at 3, 10 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. And so, so we start putting in, you know, we're basically saying with regard to these systems I think there's a there's one called illicit.com that I don't think it's .org. I think it's .com. I have to look that up. That uh, you can basically put anything in, and it's almost like the Rubik's Cube of information, if you will. It will spit things out at you at a rate that is just way beyond human capabilities. And, and basically with um, with tiered levels of knowledge, and whenever I say knowledge, I'm not talking about scriptural knowledge. I'm talking about worldly knowledge, right? Knowledge about things and the creation of things and the invention of things, right? And historical timelines. But something to keep in mind with artificial intelligence, particularly this German platform, is that it is extraordinarily biased in that it doesn't want it. It is it is politically um, it, it is it, it is politically correct. In its response to you, right? So while it may be able to spit out, you know, the the Ming dynasty and the twenty seven thousand other Mings and dynasties that were in that one dynasty, and and who said this at this time, and and then how did they plan? How did this takeover happen? I mean, there's like seventy thousand different ways you can split all this information up that's been aggregated, and now we call it artificial intelligence, right? And so all of this data, I believe, it's it's a giant aggregation pool, which is which is fine, right? And and, and we should be able to utilize it for our it should serve us. I'm not afraid of artificial intelligence. I'm not saying it's the devil. I'm not one who's going to stand in the pulpit and tell you that this is of the Antichrist. I'm just not. I think that's silly talk. Uh, I believe that all of these things can and should be used to serve us. 
as created beings who then saw to it to create this system of aggregation by which we can aggregate data at lightning speed that should be able to assist us, not from a, it can from a capitalistic standpoint for sure, uh, you know, become sharper and faster for the sake of being able to earn faster and be more productive and earn more. You know, all of that's relative at this point since, you know, again, if you're not over at monicaprotectswithgold.com, I don't know what you're doing waiting for another $4 trillion to leave your retirement portfolios. But, you know, what, whatever's going on with currencies, right? We see that is now the time for you to uh, hedge your portfolios at monicaprotectswithgold.com. But even in that, uh, we allow mammon to rule us, right? And we, and we create currencies out of, you know, fairy dust. And, and that's what we've done since fiat, forgot, since we went off the gold standard. I mean, fiat is fairy dust, quite honestly. So we operate in fairy currencies, Right. And then we rule and we reign and we enslave and we set free and we, you know, we, we entrap in other nations, right? And, and even our own nation now. We, be, we start wars and we never finish wars and we abandon wars and we abandon people all based on what? A particular currency of death, hell, and destruction. That is a very real currency, right? So why can't we use artificial intelligence to point to a, the, a layered, a more dimensional approach uh, by which we cannot uh, go back to and repeat you know, historical atrocities. Well, one reason why we'll always go back and repeat history is because we have this thing called fallen human nature. So I don't care how many programs and layered and artificial and intelligentsia and all of that, how many philosophers come back up out of the grave, how many people we can point to in the past, how many letters before your name, in front of your name, behind your name, all of that you have in place, how many billions of dollars were indebted to the academia gods. None of that matters whenever it comes to actual spiritual knowledge upon which you should be building your fortress of wisdom and understanding by which you can then calculate artificial intelligence's uh, wisdom and understanding and make decisions for your life, for your community, your families, and your, you know, your country. Boy, that was a mouthful. Don't ask me to repeat it because that would not happen. So with all of that, there was a question posed, and and I make a living listening to people. And as a minister, you, your ear is trained to, to listen to the heart of people. You can listen to the words coming out of their face, and that's very important because out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is a scriptural precept that is absolutely true, right? And so, yeah, and believe me, I know, because I can have like the world's worst potty mouth, and so I'm like, oh boy, um, you know. Some of you would be like, you're not Christian because you cuss too much. I'm like, well, you know, you could have a point there. I hear you. Sometimes I wonder myself because why do I keep, you know, why does this keep being a battle for me? I don't know. Maybe it's my Paul's thorn in my side and his grace is sufficient. Clearly, I don't know. But I try not to do that and, you know, defile my audience all the time. But I do have a condition, uh, a condition. Don't you like that? I like that. I have a cussing condition. Um, And so, but that tells me that I have stuff going on in my heart that causes me to be passionate or um, uh, angry about injustice, particularly, that's when you're really going to get me cussing, okay, if not Atlanta traffic. But um, but I was listening to this host, Ezra Pound Caged, who I now know is an avowed atheist, kind of, just not a theist, 
right, of any kind. But I'm not so sure that he's atheist because of some of the other things that he expressed in the space. And so he was, he hadn't, he had not announced his position, spiritual condition, if you will, yet. And so we were talking about what type of information, how you pose questions to artificial intelligence search engines is crucial to the information it will then spit out at you. If you don't know what to ask and how to ask it, you will not be able to utilize it to its fullest capacity. You you have to have some level of ingenuity and understanding around getting to the bottom of a matter in order to utilize artificial intelligence engines to their to their utmost capacity. And I would submit to you, just like I did in this space last evening, that one of the main reasons why this will take over where humans should be and on top of this artificial intelligence, and it should be serving created beings who should have the mind of Christ and can have the mind of Christ, which is a mind of of infinity and a mind of of life and of hope and of joy and forgiveness and righteousness and peace and things that lead to life and beget more life upon life, upon life, upon life, right? Not death, hell, destruction, control, uh, slavery, um, you know, lies, thievery, whoring, none of that, right? None of that has any position within the kingdom of light and understanding of light and life. What does darkness have to do with life? A light rather, nothing. That's what. And so what happens whenever you come into this artificial intelligence world and you don't have a strong, solid foundation, first, you're not going to know what to ask, how to ask it, and for what purpose. And this thing will ultimately dumb down society. This is my hypothesis. It will dumb down society worse than we are now because we don't even know what the hell we're talking about or what we're asking. And if you don't believe me, if you don't know that we don't know what we don't know, go into any given space at any given time. With the exception of mine, of course, because (laughs) I'm just kidding, because they're mine and I love everyone who comes into my spaces and you guys are actually very smart. But just like the people who were in this space last evening, there there started out with like 11 of us. And before, you know, 5 a.m. hit, there were like, I don't know, 35 of us. And... And everyone in there who spoke, you know, was a very uh, deliberate and thoughtful person. So, you know, they gave great thought. And not all of us were believers. Some of us were, but not not all of us were. So I asked the question. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So I asked the question. If Because Ezra said something that made me believe that he thinks that artificial intelligence is basically all knowing. Right. I just heard some of you go, what? Yes. And some people, and he kept referring to it as, you know, let's ask God, which he does have a little bit of a candor of like a Garfield. So whenever you listen to him, you'll see what I'm talking about. He's awesome. He's he's just got this great way about him that is basically like, you can see him with his leg above his head, you know, trying to like clean himself as he's, you know, musing over the fact that the rest of us are mere mortals and humans that need to like pet him and feed him. And I say that totally jokingly, but absolutely true. That's how I envision. Ezra pound caged, but, but he, he is not a believer in really anything and believes that this, you know, I think he was actually a little double-minded about what he believes with regard to artificial intelligence, but he's not wrong about, you know, you're going to get out what you put in. Okay. But with that, he led me to believe that he believes that artificial intelligence is, is in fact, all knowing. 
right? That's pretty interesting. So I was like, and it's all knowing because it's basically predictive behavior patterns. Well, that's how, that was my, that was my characterization of, of AI is that it's basically predictive reasoning and it's you know, algorithmic, obviously, and patterns, right? This thing sees patterns, but the, ultimately at the beginning and the middle and the end of the day and, and siestas in between a cocktail hour, all of this, all of this is predicated upon humans and human intervention, which is really the scariest component, to be honest with you, because when you realize that this thing is politically correct in its orientation into the information it spits out at you, what you realize is that it is probably not going to give you an accurate depiction of history as it pertains to American history, because the CRTers and the DEIers and all those guys and the ESGers are part of the uh, programming, if you will, of artificial intelligence. And so, and these engines that people are now plugging into to do some wondrous things, by the way, that are making people more productive, particularly content creators like myself. I have not yet plugged into it. I do look forward to it, especially around, um, you know, digging for information and any type of a genesis of something and being able to cross-reference. But here's the thing, you know, if this thing has an inherent built-in bias, what is that going to say for lazy human beings who only, and who are going to come after us? like after us generationally, who are going to come, you know, after us in the sequence of our generations. What does that say for the people of the future who are only going to know what we've programmed it to know based on our own biases? That's that's what freaks me out. So I said, oh, this was so good because this was total Holy Spirit inspired. I can tell you that because it was 3.10 a.m. and I was slightly groggy and clearly not at my best, but that's when the Holy Spirit works. So the question I posited was what then if that's true, let's ask it. Why did the thief on the cross change his mind about who and what Christ was and is right? Because if you're talking about predictive behavior patterns and you're telling me that this thing is all-knowing and a God or God himself, right? Because he's all, this, this search engine, this that's what I call it, this engine of information aggregation and predictive behavior patterning um, is, in fact, God. Remember how Google, you know, Google has become a, quote, God, lowercase g, um, then a lesser God, then give us the why, why, how, why, how, how did you, why do you think the thief on the cross changed his mind? How would it have predicted that behavior? And stunningly enough, uh, much to his credit, Ezra comes out with his own way of asking the question because remember how you ask something of artificial intelligence matters right because that's going to determine what level of bias you are contending with and and in what level of truth right to an extent and so he poses the question and says and he types this into this german 
engine and says, how did the thief beside Christ on the cross change the manifestation of God into the world? That was awesome. I'm going to read that again. How did the thief beside Christ on the cross change the manifestation of God into the world? And my question was along the same lines, but clearly different. How was it that the that thief on the cross changed his mind about who and what Christ was in his last moments of life? How and why? How did that happen? Right? And so how does something that is predictive disseminate something that was completely unpredictable? It was contrary to human nature which was his entire purpose of his ministry was to reveal unto mankind himself as the sent being and embodiment of our creator as fully creator and fully created as man and fully God. How did that happen? Right. And what, why else would he have come other than to redeem unto himself his creation, right? And that happened through relationship. That happened through fellowship. That happened through intimacy. That happened through touching and hearing and seeing and believing, right? And so here was the answer. Oh, this is so good. Okay. I'm going to read you the answer. The thief was crucified alongside Jesus Christ. The thief who was crucified alongside Jesus Christ is often referred to as the, quote, good thief in the Christian tradition. This man is said to have recognized Jesus as the Messiah and asked him to remember him when he came into his kingdom. According to the New Testament, Jesus responded by saying, quote, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And that is in Luke twenty three forty three. This event is significant because it represents the forgiveness and redemption offered by Jesus, even to a condemned criminal. The story of the good thief is often seen as an example of the power of faith and the transformative impact it can have on a person's life. In, the, in terms of its impact on the manifestation of God in the world, The story of the good thief is an important reminder that God's love and grace are available to all people, regardless of their circumstances or past actions. It also highlights the idea that salvation and redemption are available through faith in Jesus and that even those who have led a life of sin can be transformed by their relationship with God. Overall, the story of the good thief on the cross serves as a powerful symbol of the transformative power of faith and the love and grace of God. That, ladies and gentlemen, came out of an artificial intelligence engine. So please do not tell me that you cannot harness these things for great and noble purposes, because you can. But as far as I'm concerned, only in as much as you understand 
and have a very strong underpinning of what truth is, who truth is, right? And and I'm here to tell you, as, as someone who witnessed what happened in that space last evening, I had no idea that this gentleman is an atheist. But when he read this out loud, and if he's listening to this show, he may scoff. But when he read this out loud, I, along with several others, heard the break in his voice with a very real revelation on a soul level. It may bypassed reason and understanding. And it went directly to a soul level and met him exactly where he was. That is the power of understanding the created versus the creator and understanding how we can harness technology for the commencement and the curation really of liberty. It is absolutely possible to do that. So I hope that inspires you as much as it did me. I could go on about the congressional hearings and the fact that, you know, the everybody involved and being storefront operators should all go to prison as far as I'm concerned for interfering with a, uh, a national election, which is a matter of national security. The problem with that is that our national security apparatus was actually the one who enlisted these folks and deployed them. So, you know, I don't know how you, how you put one away and not another. So, you know, what do we do? What do we do? You, you choose, right? Like I had a choice the past week to focus on all everything that was quite literally blowing up around us. We had an earthquake in Turkey during my vacation. Uh, Tens of thousands of people have died. Now it's coming out that we as Americans could have had something to do with that. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't an actual act of quote God, Uh, you know, a contrary to actuaries across the globe. Not everything is an act of quote God. Uh, There are other quote gods at work at any given moment and so that was kind of interesting to see unfold as a as a proposition uh, yesterday. And so you had that. You had the balloons floating over the United States. You know, you've got Congress taking people to task. And in the meantime, it was like, I have a life, my life, to celebrate. I have people to celebrate. And in, in accordance with the order of my life and the way I've prioritized my life, so that I can be a more uh, beneficial player, if you will, um, to you, to my audience, to my family, people I love, and, and even be a better person to my enemies, right? The only way to, to really do that is to foster care for my own soul and to understand where my place is in the order of things and constantly engaging in, in this caustic rhetoric online is absolutely tearing down your soul. Whether you just hear it, you just read it, you see it, you are ingesting it and your body is responding to it. So I would love for someone to do like a brain scan of those who are online, right? Like just, just as we wake from our sleep, I'll I'll actually volunteer to do it. And I hate enclosed spaces, but I would absolutely, I would absolutely volunteer to do this just upon waking, right? Where I'm just in my, my lovely, just 
you know, floating on clouds (laughs) out of dream state (laughs) and then think, oh, I wonder what's going on on Twitter. And so you capture me at that moment upon waking and then I roll over and, and pick up my phone. From the moment I pick up my phone, I would imagine the brain activity starts, right? Where it's like, oh, let's go to this account. Let's scroll and who liked this and we retweeted that and why am I still being shadow banned and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you get into the first, you know, black on white beating that happens in New York City or Jews being, you know, completely beaten up in the streets of New York as well and seeing little old ladies beat down uh, publicly and seeing children without breasts because they think they're a girl one day and a boy the next. And, you know, and then just watch the ignition in my brain and what starts to light up and what starts to occur and how that can affect and absolutely does affect how my day begins and the trajectory of my day. If I do not learn uh, how to disconnect from it and how to, in the lens with which I need to put over my eyes and my ears, and more specifically, my heart, more importantly, my heart, right? The the breastplate of righteousness, putting that on over my heart, the mind of Christ, putting on that helmet of salvation every day, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, um, and understanding who's and who I am. And through all of that armor, I mean, that's how you have to be suited up to go onto these platforms, Right? But it really is costing us. I have no doubt about that. None whatsoever. So some of you have birthdays coming up. You have special moments. Your lives are completely out of order. You you just, you know, the people you love are somewhere on the back burner of your life. Well, I have a job. I've got this. I've got that. I have responsibilities, you know, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about responsibility versus relationship. And, you know, I think, and I've, I've been a huge proponent of your ministries are first with your family. Your families are your first ministries. And when our lives are in order, we can expect blessings. We can expect peace and joy because we are choosing righteousness in, in accordance with its proper order. That doesn't mean you sit around and eat bonbons and wait on things to fall out of the sky. It means that your family comes first, time with your family, fun time, laughter, you know, consolation, listening, discipleship with your kids, even your spouses, right? Your moms and dads spending time walking, talking, fellowshipping. And that, and that was, and I'll leave you with this, that, that was one of the final things that I said uh, last evening or my one of my queries to the actual host of this space was, you know, would you agree, and I don't think he did agree actually, and now I understand why, but would you agree that fellowship really at the end of the day is, is going to be the number one proliferation of, of humankind in as much as any type of an evolution uh, of our humanity, right? And uh, in physical fellowship. And I, I don't think he agreed with that, but I want to pose that question, you know, to you. How close are your relationships? You know, we have a nation filled with people who uh, not only have served the nation in a law enforcement capacity, military, veteran, uh, active military, first responder capacity, but all of us on some level or another are basically being subjected to the stressors of being first responders to everything. Balloons, congressional hearings, uh, 
pipelines that the our government blew up, uh, an out of control, weaponized, politicized government that's been you know has its targets and on us now, right? Our, its sights are set on us as law abiding, you know, believing people, right? Patriotic people who love the sovereignty of our own nation and our own bodily autonomy. So those are stressors, right? Those are things that cause trauma, physical, traumatic uh, moments within the brain. And so it's another reason why I'm, you know, very proud uh, and, and humbled and honored, actually, to be a part of this organization that I hope you will check out today, uh, libertyove.org. Um, check out, you know, the work we're doing. We This is going to be a very big year for us with regard to expansion. A new clinical director um, is coming on board with us. We have a lot of lives that we've already touched and lives that we will continue to touch in the area of PTS and PTSD with first responders, active uh, military members, as well as veterans, uh, law enforcement officers as well. And the way of training people, you know, peer-to-peer programs to be able to really set the captives free because... You all know if you struggle with PTS or PTSD, it really is a prison. And it not only imprisons you, it imprisons the people who love you. And it really does keep you from fellowship on a very basic level of life. Whether it's fellowship with your pillow at night and a good night's sleep, it's fellowship with your own body in the way of health, you know, across the board from a cellular level, a mental level um, on down your relationships, you know, and how fulfilling they are, uh, whether or not you're scared to death to leave your home, whether or not, you know, your, your brain is traumatized to the point where you cannot have a healthy uh, functioning lifestyle because your brain is in constant survival mode. And you don't have to have been on a battlefield for that to occur. You have chronic PTSD, you know, you have acute, you have massive things that are going on within the brain. And while I am a huge proponent of the power of prayer and the ability of the gospel of Christ, Yeshua, to heal of anything, anywhere, at any time, I'm also extremely grateful for science and for medical breakthroughs, if you will, of understanding of the human brain. So that is what we're working on at libertyove.org. Um, I welcome, you know, any queries that you have about that. If you are a law enforcement officer, um, first responder, veteran, or active military, we have uh, free services for you uh, that you can inquire about so that will require, you know, particular intake um, of of your uh, respective information. Uh, But we have, you know, we're more than happy to assist you on the journey to restoring your life and getting your life back. You may not think you deserve it. Many of you don't. I hear from you. And you wonder whether or not you're going to go to heaven, whether or not you're forgiven because of things that have occurred on a battlefield. And my encouragement to you is always that, you know, if you're a person of honor and you've been in a, in a military uniform of honor and you have been purposed and ordered to carry out the orders, um, you know, that are legal on this side of eternity. Um, that is that, that is a noble purpose. That is a noble purpose to lay down your life for your brothers or your sisters and, or, and war is not, 
uh, beautiful. And sometimes you got to go through war to come out the other side. And I believe the scriptures that say that he came to heal all of our diseases, including PTS and PTSD, and he came to forgive us of all of our sins. He didn't say except for those of you who wore the uniform. It's not what it says. So go get your healing. Go get your restoration. It's yours. Seek it. Find it. Ask for it. Knock. It shall be opened. LibertyOVE.org. There will be more where this came from in the coming months. I'm very proud to be the newest member of their board. We look forward to some fun, awesome fundraising efforts this year um, and testimonials that we'll br- we will be bringing forth as well. I know several of you who follow me consistently have um, have been in my spaces, and you have, in fact, gone through the program, which is a minimal amount of time. This does not require you sitting on a head-shrinking couch for, you know, 20 years. No offense. Um, but this is, you know, this is at rapid rate, uh, rapid rate of recovery, if you will, with a 98% um, efficacy rate. And, um, you know, the rate of recidivism is extraordinarily low uh, on this with uh, with people falling back into, you know, you're dealing with an anatomical remedy here uh, that that is administered in such a way that allows the brain uh, to disconnect from uh, the memory, the, the feelings, if you will, that are associated with those memories. So, you know, we don't, some of these people are a little weird. I'm not going to lie. Some of these people in this whole space <laughs> of, well, we're just going to invite Jesus in and we're going to pretend like that never happened. It's like, no, dude, like we have memories for a reason, <laughs> but they don't have to traumatize us for our entire existence. So Liberty OVE. I sure have enjoyed hanging out with you guys today. Thank you for being with me. I'll be back tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Friday. That's right. Final day of the week. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So we're going to pick up, keep right on rolling for the remainder of the year. Got lots of cool stuff happening in my world and look forward to bringing you along for the ride. So please share my work far and wide and uh, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. Remember to hedge your retirement accounts at monicaprotectswithgold.com. And if you're an American, act like one. I just saw-